Any questions tonight? Um, in the ninth chapter, Balavijibhushan in the Satatam Kirtiyamta verse describes Kirtan as a transformation of the Chich Shakti. I'm wondering uh, what exactly he means by that, just that it reveals knowledge, transcendental knowledge, or what exactly does he mean by that? Well, the, the Chit Shakti is, is a reference to um, the uh, spiritual energy of Krishna. So, the transformation of his, you can say, Swarup Shakti. Hmm? Same idea. Hmm. Bhakti is. A particular manifestation sometimes describes the essence of the Swarup Shakti. So I think he, what he means to say there is that the chanting is a spiritual transaction, transformation. It's not mundane. It's the comes. It's it's a manifestation of the well, as he said, the Chit Shakti of the Bhagavan. So it basically means it's a spiritual. Um, Certainly, it it, it it reveals, it dispels ignorance, gives knowledge, gives gives uh, prem as well. So it's it's not a particular reference to the chit aspect of Satchit Ananda, but it's a broader statement, chit shakti, as opposed to maya shakti. It's not of this world; it's of the spiritual world. Therefore, the ideas we discussed a little the other night, Goloker Premudan Harinam Sankirtan, it's coming down, exported from there to here. Hmm. What else? Uh, yesterday you talked about that we can do Gunasmarnam. Uh, um, is there any Gunasmarnam we can do for Gorali or Kumati? Well, that's an interesting question. And, of course, there are many qualities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, uh, and um, at the same time, um, they have not been delineated in the way that Rupa Goswami has and Bhaktivedanta Sindhu described 64 qualities of Krishna. I think that Jiva Goswami described 84 qualities of Krishna, maybe in the Krishna Sandarbha. Um, so, so many qualities. But um, uh, all those qualities, then amongst them, the Rupa Goswami has highlighted some that will be very uh, stand out in Dasi Rasa, Sakya Rasa, Rasa, Rasa. But um, with regard to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as we follow, there's one possibility of relating with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm. in Dasira. So all the qualities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu apply. Hmm. So they haven't been listed, but but he has all of the qualities of Krishna and all of the qualities of Radha. It's <laughs> one way to look at it. Radharani's qualities have also been, been listed somewhere. Some texts, maybe Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, perhaps, yeah. So, uh, 
uh, so both uh, both combined, and as I say, our approach is in Dasiras to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So there's not different opportunities in our lineage. There are certainly Parshadas, associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like his mother, his friends, and so forth. But our opportunity is in servitude, but it's a special kind of servitude. It's the kind of servitude that that Parshads or uh, associates, eternal associates of different uh, forms of Bhagawan, of, of, of Ram, of um, Nirsinga, and so forth. Um, eternal servitors of these forms of Bhagawan, they take the opportunity, the opportunity has been opened to them to appear in Gaurlila, hmm, so many, as uh, in, in, in Dasirasa, which is um, generally then their Hanuman's relationship Prahlad's relationship this is all basic Dasya Bhakti but uh, the Dasya Bhakti to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is a very peculiar and special kind of, of Dasya Bhakti hmm. because who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is hmm. he's Krishna and changing positions from the Ashrai to the Vishai from the Vishai to the Ashrai from the object of love to the to the shelter of love so it's a very uh, it's Golok I mean it's it's very special it's a very special kind of Dasya Bhakti and um, and for example in the context of that we can experience the follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he goes into the trance of Krishna Lila participate there and so forth so it's a very special kind of Dasiras opportunity and great personalities associated with different avatars, all the avatars of whom appear uh, within Swayam Bhagwan. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes, he's the source of all of them, so they're all inside of him. So that, that is some of his associates may all show up, some of them have been pointed out. And... Um, and there he is, Krishna, taking the role of a bhakta, of a devotee. Hmm. I've described it as what sadhaka, sadhana siddhubhumi, the land where sadhas, where sadhakas, who are siddhas, or siddhas, engage in a leela of sadhana. Hmm. The land, bhumi, where siddhas have a leela of sadhana. So it's very, very special, hmm. very peculiar. And uh, a very extraordinary kind of of uh, bhakti. But anyway, relative to your question, then all the qualities of Krishna, all the qualities of Radha, and we study Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm. relishes different qualities, pastimes. Hmm. Now that said, um, the the pastimes in Navadvip are our main. Concern the pastimes outside of Navadvip are instructive to us, and there we find the bulk of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's siksha. 
Nisikshita Sanatan, Drupa Goswami, to Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, Prakashananda Saraswati, Venkata Bhatta, all these great personalities, all as a sannyasi, that's his Acharya Leela, as I refer to it, Krishna as an Acharya, a tyagi, a vairagi, a sannyasi, the opulence of, de- of detachment and knowledge, the corresponding knowledge. We see all Aishvarya is there, but these two are highlighted in him. Hmm. And uh, But this is in, uh, in outside of Navadvip, largely for instruction. And instruction is, follow it carefully, how to enter into Navadvip, and in, which is Gupta, Vrindavan, hidden Vrindavan. So, um, so the, the, with regard to the pastimes, then the, the pastimes in in Navadvip, these are the most um, attractive to us. Um, of course, they are super attractive because they're more they're more attractive even than the than the unmanifest pastimes. Hmm. In the in 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 Nadia you have pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, not as a devotee. Those are very sweet. Mm-hmm. He's not appearing as a devotee yet, and arguing with all the Vaishnavas. Mm-hmm. So that's one day I'll become a devotee also. Mm-hmm. What is the use of all your knowledge and and good birth if you don't do Nam Kirtan? If you don't worship Krishna, you're just engaged in argumentation, uh, scholar, scholarship, and so forth. Hmm. He said, yes, someday I will become a Vaishnava. Hmm. And they had extro- all their, they were all feeling extraordinary affinity and love for him. Hmm. Not sharing it necessarily, their feelings with others. He's a non-devotee. <laughs> it's uh, marginal, marginal. I mean, he's not... Uh, be born in a devotee, it's like born in a devotee family, but he's he's not acting on it. Um, and of course, when he does, then it becomes a huge um, joy, a great joy to all of them, and they feel their ranks have just been fortified by a very ex- extraordinary member of the society. Has become the great Nimaipanda has become a Vaishnava. So it's very, very sweet, very charming. And his leelas are going to school and debating with 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 his devotees like Marari. He's defeating the Keshava Kashmiri on the banks of the Ganga, the scholar. And Vrindavan Das is writing off oh, with a desire to take birth among the students of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to experience his scholarly leelas as Nimai Pandit. He's a very very charming. Um, complete maduria, complete sweetness, hmm. even more so than the apakrat lila. So there are some greater sense of his his god, just like in Krishna, the 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 the, 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 the earthly lila is, is even more more sweet, hmm. more full. So it's, uh, this is the beautiful uh, the contribution really of Das. We, we look at a theological development from his book Chaitanya Bhagavat to Chaitanya Charitamrita as I've explained a number of times um, where the 
theological focus becomes refined as to what, how Rupa Goswami understood the implications of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance and how Rupa Goswami was particularly empowered. It's given in Chaitanya Charitamrita, just like Krishna empowered Brahma at the dawn of creation. Mahaprabhu empowered Rupa Goswami with all the Vedic knowledge and, and of course, who he, who is the same Krishna, but who, in a very special role and so forth. So that kind of refining, honing of the theology we find in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's its contribution. The farthest, it includes various possibilities of, of what is acceptable in Gaudiya Vaishnavism as to um, who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is. And within that, the because there are different ideas about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, some of which are not included, they are not accepted. Um, so it's kind of the orthodoxy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And within that, the emphasis is on this idea of the, the handmaiden of Radha. Of course, quite twice when he makes the point, Krishnadas in the fourth chapter and later on Avadi Lila in the eighth chapter of Madhi Lila, is when he makes the point of the the extraordinary position of of uh, this um, Madhurasa that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was made available. He comes back and says, but other relationships are best, subjectively speaking, and that's what's best for each devotee. So, as we see, there's some scope for some other possibilities, limited, but, um, and and those may be more apparent in Chaitanya Bhagavad, especially the Sakyaras may be more apparent, because they're all Vrindabandasas in Sakyarasa. So there's a refining, anyway, of the theology, to be sure, and um, that, and it, that's its speciality, but that is not to say that that there's no longer any use for uh, Chaitanya Bhagavad, because the speciality of Chaitanya Bhagavad is it highlights the the Navadvipa pastimes in a way that Chaitanya Charitamrita doesn't. Chaitanya Charitamrita highlights, after all, uh, Krishnadas got his notes from Sarupdhamadar and Raghunath Das Goswami in who we live with Mahaprabhu in Puri, primarily, hmm? um, close with him and so forth. And there are all the Sikshas coming out. In the Adi Lila, he does go through the Navadvipa pastimes, but very briefly, and he gives deference to Vrindavan Das, who, he says, spoke more elaborately upon them and so forth. So there's more um, relish there, hmm? and more of a playing out of the Navadvipa pastimes that you can find in uh, Vrindavan Das's book. That's a great contribution. After all, that's the ideal. That's the goal. Not, not Jagannath Puri, not the sannyas Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, not the, uh, the frightening ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that you can't get close to and so forth. Hmm? It's, all for, it's all important to us and it will be close to us because it's teaching. But if you get the teaching, then it's, it's, it's kind of left behind. And the uh, the intimacy hmm? you hear the heartbeat of Vrindavan Das oh, several times how he feels he's in the midst of the narrative of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, 
youthful pastimes in Namadweep and, and, and he makes a prayer to enter there. It's very beautiful, very compelling. Hmm? So, uh, it's a very special contribution also, very important contribution. Hmm? That's why Vrindavanas, one of the reasons he's deferred to it, because he's, he's senior, it came before him, he wrote before him and so forth. Hmm? He's going to draw from there certain things to reach his own conclusions, certain things he he won't emphasize, but hmm, specifically he says, out of deference to Vrindavan Das, he's not expounding upon the Vrindavan the Navadvi pastimes at length, because this is what he did. And of course, neither did he have uh, such access directly to them, at least in terms of any notes, as he in the same way that he did from. Um, Surabdhamadar's diary and uh, and the notes of Raghunath Das Goswami. So the Navadvi pastimes are very very special. They're dear, dear to us. All the whole Puri is meant for showing how to enter there. The Kirtan of Shivas, Thakur, No Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, not as Sri Krishna Chaitanya, as Nimai Pandit, Vishwambar Mishra. Son of Jagannath Major, son of Sachi, Sachi Nandan, all these names. Hmm. So, while well, all the Leelas, it's like all the Leelas are special, but but the Dwarka Leela of Krishna, the mature Leela, these are not, these are Leelas that in a sense point back to the Vrindavan Leela and its speciality. Now, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there's a parallel, of course, going to Katwa to get the haircut. Hmm. Taking sannyas, like Mathura, going to Puri, like um, Dwaraka, and so forth. But they're more important to us than the Dwaraka pastimes of Krishna and the Mathura pastimes because they're so instructive. All the teaching is there. Hmm. Of course, Bhagavad Gita comes out in Hastinapura, but then that, that itself is, is not. Um, The, the, the kind of the it's 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 an important teaching obviously but it's just more generic. Bhagavad Gita is for everybody. Chaitanya Charitamrita is not for not for everybody. I mean it is, but you have to have some feeling for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the teaching of of um, what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is. The books of the Goswami is all distilled there, their essence, presented. Uh, giving back to the public, as I've said before, in the Bengali language and so forth. Whereas the Goswami's books were all written in Sanskrit and difficult for the public to access. Hmm. And so what is the essence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? And, and so there's the teaching, and then hmm, the teaching includes within it the idea, if you understand it properly, that the goal, the ideal, is Navadvip. Navadvip is Vrindavan. Hmm. They're the same, not Jagannath Puri. So with the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu qualities. What else? Yes. I have a follow-up question on this. Yes. I always understood Nimai Pandit's pastimes to be kind of a lesson, like kind of teaching us the limitations of reason. Um, but is there a, more of an internal reason for him performing these pastimes? Well, I think that um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu manifested himself as a Vaishnava, but then he dismissed the learning and so forth. 
and the Vaishnavas were all teaching him previous to that. What is the use of learning without Vaishnavism? So, some lessons are there in the Nabhadvipalila. That's true. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going to school, carrying his books, hmm, teaching as he as he did, hmm, teaching grammar and so on and so forth, as arguments with it with with the other devotees and logic and how he would he would uh, he would um, make an argument, no one could defeat it. Then he would defeat the argument. Hmm. And, and do that back and forth a few times. The way he—it's true that the way he played with knowledge showed a certain command of knowledge that was um, extraordinary. Hmm. But uh, very, it's still a very, very charming to all the devotees, hmm. and they wanted—they wanted to defeat <laughs> defeat him, hmm. um, and. Uh, yeah, they're all in school. He's these yeah, kind of debates along the bank of the Ganges and instructions to his students. And Dabandas is compared it to Krishna and his friends along the banks of the Jamuna, picnicking. Hmm. So it has a parallel there. Hmm. He says this 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 vision this of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu along the bank of the Ganges with his students swimming in the Ganges. Going to school, hmm, debating about different things, and so forth. I mean, it's not a. It is a parallel, but you you'll find this in another way in the Sakirasa, for example, of Vrindavan. They'll go out and hmm, debate and take different positions amongst one another, and and in, in, in play and so on and so forth. And hmm, of course, they're all actually very learned. <laughs> So Vrindavandas, um, he makes a comparison. He says, "There's nothing. What can who can Chaitanya Mahaprabhu be compared with? Um, he can't be compared with Brihaspati, because Brihaspati, who the, the guru of the gods, hmm, had a bias towards the gods, and he has no bias." Hmm. He makes a number of comparisons like this. He goes through, you know, the great. Great persons, I can't remember them all. Hmm. A number of them he said, "I can't make make. We can't make this kind of comparison." And each time he says, "Why?" As an in instance with Priyaspati, because Priyaspati has a bias towards the God. He's unbiased towards everything. He says, "But if there's anything we can compare him to, there's nothing of this world." But if I was to cite something, it would be hmm, Krishna, along with his friends on the banks of the Jamuna, picnicking like this. So these are very playful. Is a school pastimes. They're just children. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is just a young young boy. He sees a pundit, and it's it's extraordinary that a young boy is a pundit. But even if a young boy is a pundit, hmm? this is very charming. If a young adolescent boy seems very intelligent, and so forth, everybody would like to listen to him and be very very charmed by that. Hmm? He wants to be taken seriously, something like that. No. Chet Krishna at seven years old he stood up and spoke very learned to Nanda Maharaj why he should not perform the Indra Yagya instead they should worship Govardhan Hill and he cited from Nyaya and, and uh, Karma Mimamsa and different philosophies Sankhya and so forth Nanda Maharaj said well, you know, he still he just thinks of him just as a, as a boy and here he's, he's 
put together this knowledge. And, and it's, it's not the knowledge that he shared, hmm, which you could, would, with non-demers, which you could draw from and make points and so forth of, of interest, but just the charm of a young boy speaking philosophy like that. What, it, what he was saying was not really affecting Nanda Maharaj. The charm of a young adolescent becoming a philosopher all of a sudden. And he said, you just said, yeah, well, whatever. You can just do whatever you say. <laughs> yes, worship over downhill. Hmm. They abandoned the tradition for, yeah, for, for generations and generations and invoked the wrath of Indra and so forth. All by the charm. Not by the philosophy that he told. Hmm. Wasn't that he convinced him philosophically? He just charmed him, hmm. and Krishna had a had a a um, something to work out with Indra because of his his past. The whole Dhammadar Leelas was um, set into motion because of the Indra Yagya. Normally. Yashoda Mai would have so many housemaid maids, handmaidens, uh, ha- I mean, nurse, nurse, nursemaids in the house, assistants and so forth. Her and Nanda Maharaj were the queen and the king of of the cowherd people. But on the occasion of the Indra Yagya, which is an annual event, and this is early on in Krishna's life when he was still suckling the breast of his mother, everyone was out arranging for this festival. And so that put her in a position where she had to make a decision whether to put him down or to tend to the milk. If she had had a normal day, she would have just said, well, the milk is burning, I'm, I'm nursing Krishna, uh, and ask one of the nursemaids to attend to the milk. Hmm. So this is a whole, you know, this traumatized Krishna psychologically <laughs> in his childhood. His mother tied him up, hmm. handcuffed him, hmm. and so forth. And when Nanda Maharaj had come, who tied you up? How could, who could do such a thing? Her mother Yasoda was so embarrassed, and and uh, Krishna didn't want to associate with her, and so forth. So it's very traumatic for him. And when he grew up, he understood oh, this was about it. This is what was going on at that time. This guy, Indra, and they're giving attention to him. So he had. A lot of things going on there. Mm. So, Gorlilas, of course, is Krishna's Lila extended. There's some parallels, some difference too, but it's, 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 it's youthful. Mm. It's just, it's, it's, this is Kumar, Kumar Lila, a, a student. It's very charming. As I say, if a young boy has knowledge, it's very charming. Mm. Mature for his age, has knowledge. And the older people say, yeah, it's pretty interesting, it's interesting here. It's attractive. Does that help? What else? Yes? What's the relationship between Murari Gupta's biography of Mahaprabhu and Vrindavan Das's? Like, how come Murari Gupta's hasn't been brought up as much since he was an, he was an eyewitness, a direct eyewitness? Well, Murari's book is not as anywhere as detailed as Brindavan Das's. I think he drew from Murari's book. Um, but it's, the book has been published in English. It's, 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 um, he was an eyewitness to 
things that Vrindavan Das was not. That's true. And I think it may be the first um, first narrative of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. But it's very um, it's brief, very brief by by comparison, and and not um, not detailed. So I believe on account of that, it's more like you, the notes of Marari and Vrindavan Das drew upon these to, you know, write an extensive. Um, narrative, philosophical narrative, what they call hagiography of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So it's, um, it's of a, you know, a different, different quality. What else? Yes. I had this question for a little while. In Bhakti was on the tune. It mentioned that the queens of Dvarka and uh, focusing on queens through Vali Bhakti reach that, that ideal that yeah, it's, it's described as Vali Bhakti but then it's also described as, at some level turned into like Radhanula and something like that and that's not quite clear the queens of Dwarka mm-hmm. yeah the worship of the queens of Dwar- queens of Dwarka is one of the angas of Vaidhi Bhakti, one of the limbs of Vaidhi Bhakti mentioned by Rupa Goswami. But it's one of the few that are um, that we are taught not to in- engage in if we are in pursuit of Raghunuga Bhakti. Now, when we say Raghunuga Bhakti in this context, we're referring to the Raghunuga Bhakti that Rupa Goswami is explaining in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. It's not the only form of Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm? It's the super-excellent form of Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm? Because Raghunuga Bhakti means to follow Ragatmikas, and the Ragatmikas, who, who's in whom Rag attachment for Krishna is inborn, is um, um, uh, exceptional. Hmm? In the in the Brajbasis, and um, and so he begins Rupa Goswami his explanation of Raghunuga Bhakti by by making that point. Um, uh, the, the, he doesn't say there are the different kinds of Raghunuga Bhakti, but he says this is this is the Raghunuga Bhakti I'm talking about. So, um, given that. Worship of the queens of Dwarka—that to be a queen in Dwarka is, is, is a different thing altogether. Mm, that's not the uh, Braj Bhakti, um, and it may be um, in in some places described that the queens of Dwarka have some mixture of rag and and Vaiti Bhakti. I, I can't recall. Perhaps some Raghavart Machandrika of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Mm. Um, and so he gives advices, you know, not to not to go there. If you mix in this way, this would be this could be the result, and so forth. So, um, um, so again, there are different types of rag bhakti in bhakti sandarbha hmm, of Jiva Goswami. He cites Prahlad as an example of rag bhakti. And Prahlad is a Vaikuntha devotee. So, 
this is the broader conception of rag, in a more generic sense. But there's a special kind of rag bhakti that's the full face of rag bhakti that Rupa Goswami emphasizes, and this is what we're concerned about. There are other, so there's like a, it's kind of like a sliding scale, so to speak. Maybe some rag. And um, some sense of duty motivating, so forth. So there are some um, uh, examples like that 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 have been given. So there's this kind of a spectrum. But we, but it's that's a very well the broader idea. Again, we are. Interested in, the, in what Rupa Goswami is defining as Raghunuga Bhakti, but he's teaching that kind of Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm. So uh, uh, the other forms will be mixed. There'll be some rag mixed with Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm. So, but this is pure Rag Bhakti. Hmm. Following those who have only Rag, hmm. this is their very being. Does that help? Yeah. So it can be confusing. You don't understand this. You read Jiva Goswami says, Prahlad's an example of Raga. What is he talking about? He doesn't understand the philosophy. You know, <laughs> you know, no, it means there's... And the Goswamis would write in somewhat of a broad way also, giving the whole you know spectrum. Hmm? Um, I mean, they're teaching really about Raga Bhakti and their example is, is of such. And meanwhile, they teach all about Vaiti Bhakti as, as well. Or Rupa Goswami has, and Rupa Goswami has also in their in their uh, in in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and in, in Bhakti Sandarbha. Mm. So, so we are interested in Raghunuga Bhakti explained by Rupa Goswami or the, the final section of the second chapter of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And I've lectured on that. I think you've listened to the lectures. Mm. I think the subject comes up there to some extent as well which means those lectures can be listened to probably more than once. <laughs> of course, you know, we, just as an aside, we emphasize this uh, Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti. This, this idea is given by, by Jiva Goswami. Mm-hmm. Um, that without Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti, by way of somehow becoming attached to someone who has rag bhakti, pursues rag bhakti, has adhikar for rag bhakti, um, and will explain it, and so you become interested in the concept, and you become intellectually kind of convinced of this, and so forth, but your bhakti is still not driven by that kind of taste. You have some some taste, some interest in that's what I want, kind of thing, but that's not the full face of the, the um, eagerness or the greed that qualifies one for for rag bhakti. So Jiva Goswami says that is that then one mixes the rag bhakti with vaiti bhakti. But that's different. Hmm? That means that you you you, you engage in vaiti bhakti hmm? with a view to attain rag bhakti, and you incorporate practices of rag bhakti that you can and you eliminate practices that for example worship of the queens of Dorka you, you, that, that will be eliminated hmm. and Jiva Goswami himself has said that of course 
uh, rag bhakti should be supported by bhakti bhakti. It's one of the three ways that he describes the practice. The practice means um, um, contemplating the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, serving in a meditative, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a siddhadeya and a meditative body, hmm? excuse me, a sadhakadeya and a meditative siddhadeya, serving, and third, uh, engaging in bhakti bhakti, hmm? hearing, chanting, remembering, hmm? shravanadi, um, which is the whole, you know, it's the whole, it's like where we replace the Varnashram laws with the Vaidhi Bhakti laws, if you will, and practices, and so on and so forth. So it's the same structure, but the motivation is different. So when Jiva Goswami says mix in, he's saying the same thing as Rupa Goswami, um, but he's being more specific hmm, than Rupa Goswami and pointing out that there are people who who are on the Rag Marg, but they don't have Rag. They don't have this loba. They have a little bit. Hmm? And so, um, that's very useful. That's a different kind of mixture, as I say, than, than a perfection hmm? that is a mixture of rag and vadi bhakti. Hmm? Where you have some sense of the godhood of Krishna, some reverence, but there's attachment. It's, it's uh, driving it. That's a different thing. So as a practice is one thing, as a sad, as a sadhana one thing, as a sadhya another thing. Queen's Adorka, that's a sadhya. Hmm. Ajataruchi, uh, Raganuga, sadhana bhakti. That's a sadhana. Raganuga means a, a sadhana. Ragatmika means that's the sadhya. Hmm. And it, we emphasize this is a very, it's a very good point because very few people who who understand something theoretically or even who understand a lot theoretically about Raghunuga Bhakti have much eligibility hmm, for fully treading the path. Hmm. That's my experience, what I've seen hmm, in the full sense of the term. We include them all Ragvaktas, Ajataruchi Rag. Someone said to me, well, Ajataruchi doesn't mean without having attained the state of the stage of Ruchi. Hmm? It just means without having a taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, you know, in the stage of Ruchi you have a consistent taste. In the stage prior to that, taste is not consistent. It's not reliable. Mm. So, it, you're, it's not. It's not driven by your, your bhakti's not your your rag bhakti's not driven by taste. If it's not, if we don't, if the taste isn't consistent. So, um, and he, another reply as well. Um, Krishna Das Kaviraj used the term. Ajatarati. Ajatarati. Ajata means without. Ajata. Where, in, which, in whom rati is not manifest, not born. Hmm. So, is that, only, is that not about the stage of rati? You understand me? Jiva Goswami used the term ajataruchi. Krishna used the term ajatarati. 
Someone wants to say, well, Jataruchi doesn't mean that not having attained the stage of ruchi. Hmm. So, okay, that's what you want to think. How will you explain a jatarati? Does that mean not having attained the stage of rati? Hmm. You can't say that. Rati means bhav. Hmm. So there's raganuga without bhav, and there's raganuga with bhav. Hmm. Bhav is a sadhya, but still there's something going on there. Hmm. There's still a culture going on there. Hmm. The culture of the bhava that you've attained. Hmm. So, there's, there's Raganuga with rati, without rati. Hmm. Of course it's without rati, because, because without rati means sadhana bhakti. Hmm. And it's a sadhana. Hmm. But, what do you, are you want to tell me that he says the Jatarati, it doesn't mean have not have not having attained Bob. That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. That's how he's using the term. He's saying that there is there is Rag with with Rati, Raganuga Bhakti, and without Rati. Well, there is with Ruchi and without Ruchi. Hmm. You want to say it that doesn't mean the stage of Ruchi. Well, you can say whatever you want. Hmm? What does it mean then? Hmm. What does it mean? Without ruchi. What does it mean? What else does it mean? Yeah, you can, you can take it up any time, to whatever extent you have qualifications to, to, to the practices. You don't have to attain a certain stage to attain to take up raga bhakti. You just need ruchi. <laughs> so, if you say, well, it doesn't mean, it, 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 it means just before ruchi, hmm, some, some taste, some liking for some eagerness, some I want it, that's all. If that's what it is, and you're making it synonymous with loba, then what is what, what? Then what is raganuga bhakti without loba? Yes, then what is it? If it's not about the stage of ruchi, what's it about? Without ruchi, without taste, taste is the whole thing. <laughs> Jiva Goswami used the term ruchi, taste. Um, Jiva Goswami uses the term loba. Jiva Goswami doesn't use the term. He uses the term taste. Hmm. He's very conservative. How can you say, Jata loba raganuga bhakti? That doesn't make any sense. Ajata ruchi. So, in a conservative explanation, this loba, this greediness, this taste, hmm, I mean, the word greed is it's very, it's a heavy word. Greed. I must have it. Hmm. It implies a, a preoccupation, a, a, a real appetite. Hmm. Right? Greed is like, you know, almost embarrassing that you, I, I'm, I'll do anything to get it. I must, I'm driven by it. There's not a lot of room for, for greed for other things. Hmm. Given that the t- there's two worlds here, there's this, this world, and then there's the world of Golok and a greed for that. So greed for that and greed for material things, they just don't really go too well together. Hmm? So we can, I think, we can be generous and say, uh, without a taste, hmm? 
without much taste, without any real significant and, and consistent taste, hmm? because you have become in goodest, and this is how Jiva Goswami explained it, because you have come in good association with such a, a lineage and a sadhu, so that becomes your ideal. Hmm? Who you associate with like that, you become. So this has become my ideal. It's hmm? very general. Hmm? It's my dominant idea of what I want to do, but I've got a lot of the things I do that distract me from my ideal. Hmm? Because my heart hasn't been cleansed by the, by the practice and so forth. Hmm? So when you come to the stage of ruchi, well, hmm? and no other distractions, no other desires getting in the way, right? Hmm? So, some thoughts. What else? What's the time? Can you uh, just explain again, like, what, what was that person trying to say? I, I didn't. <laughs> Who said, does it mean stage of Ruchi? What was this? What I think it's, uh, someone wanted to say that, uh, that, that um, he was more qualified to tread the path of Rag Bhakti, um, despite the fact not having attained the stage of Ruchi himself. Hmm. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Hmm. Maybe you want to say, I have taste, but I haven't attained the stage of Ruchi. But I have taste, and I can incorporate all the practices. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and the without taste idea is somebody else, not me, and what that person's like, I, uh, that's kind of a, you know, um, people tend to be generous with themselves, unfortunately. <laughs> They're not generous with others. And it's really easy to think yourself along the path a little further than, than, than you are. Hmm. Yes. Um, and the, really, at, the more you think you're not, on the path, the more you're on the path. <laughs> yes. That was sort of my question, I guess, in the Shikastikam. Um, it's just the second verse, which is really like the first stage that says, for your name I have no attraction. Yeah. But it seems to me that sort of the further you get along, like the closer you are, maybe the more you feel like you you don't have that, like you don't have enough of that. Is that accurate? That like even in Ruchi, like you might feel like you have a lack of taste, even though. Yeah, because that's there's a, there's some truth to that. Because the the closer you come to it, the bigger it is, and the more the more any shortcoming in oneself will be magnified. Even there is no shortcoming, your mind will work to find find one. You won't be able to convince anybody else, perhaps, but but that's the way the mind works. It's a humbling experience. I'm coming to use an example that the finite of Shridharmarsh coming in touch with the infinite. He feels she feels finite. What it means to be finite, and and what is affection, Bhagwan? How extraordinary and. And overwhelming, 
affectionate nature of the Sarup Shakti. It's embarrassing. So, the devotees feeling like that, and the devotees are writing like that in their songs and so forth. And they have such, but that's a symptom of their actual attraction. And then the one else says, well, I think the Jata Ruchi, that applies to somebody else. I've actually got Ruchi, and I haven't attained a stage of Ruchi, but, but, you know, and I don't need to wait till then to incorporate all these practices. Hmm? Um, so go ahead, you know, and they do that, they practice, but I haven't seen much result from that, <laughs> that they, that they do. Hmm? I, don't, I haven't seen much cleansing of the heart and even one-mindedness and focus and so forth. So many people, I mean, some of my godbrothers years ago left uh, our paribar, some few of them, for for the real teaching of Raghunuga Bhakti. I haven't seen that they've attained so much. <laughs> so, so the, you know, these basic things, um, nishta, ruchi, these are big, 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 big milestones, huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, they should come, you know, in the, in the context of the positive culture of bhakti. But they should come. And soon, if the culture is, is um, correct. Yes? Can it be said that uh, perhaps this sampan uh, is the most thing to learn in one lifetime? <coughs> Well, sometimes uh, we 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 see like that. We, in a sense, we see someone that's got some uh, sukriti to understand the teaching. So we encourage him to become a tatpavit in Gaudiya Vaishnavism to know the Gaudiya Siddhanta very well. Hmm? Next life, attain bhava. Hmm. There's some some scope for thinking like that. Um, the bhava, I think, Krishna Chakuti Thakur says, yes, you have to have attained bhava, and then the next life attained bhava again, hmm, before it, attaining prem. And that goes straight from sadhana to sadhya, of bhava to prem. Hmm. Um, He's just talking about the idea that, it, that it's a very deep impression and takes time. So, so um, it's uh, it's a noble pursuit to learn the teachings, but we should try to learn them, as I say, in such a way that our we use our head to soften the hearts at all, so that it all translates in into practice. But it's not necessary that one has to become a tattva to become Baba Bhakta necessarily. But then, you know, because you see examples like that. But then you think, well, they probably tattva in their last life. <laughs> and there's a point where you know where the where the, the knowledge collecting is very important to you. And there's another point where it's only important for a purpose of teaching others. Otherwise, it's not very important. And there's another point where, you know. It kind of the patience for teaching others maybe um, have expired. 
Bhakti Vinod retired, I think six years. Mm. Couldn't talk with him. Mm. Great preacher. So, um, yeah, in every point where you, your, your intelligence is active, you want to learn the teaching, and you kind of want to master the teaching. And you get to the point where it's, oh, it's not really masterable. Hmm? <laughs> And that person who feels like that's got a really good command of it hmm, at the same time. And, um, and, uh, and then he or she, we, we use that to fuel, fuel practice and, and kind of give up on, on that, so to speak. <laughs> um, but, it, but it may be useful, given their service for preaching, it may be required to keep up on such things. Mm-hmm. And there are different kinds of devotees also. Some have some aptitude for the philosophical side. And you see that amongst the Goswamis. More Sanatana Jiva Goswami than that side than, than Rupa Goswami or Vishwana Chakti Thakur, for example, coming later than them. Mm-hmm. Different dispositions. In Rupa Goswami, I think Rajiva Goswami mentions them. Mm-hmm. Some idea like that in the Gita, Krishna says, Aham sarvasya prabhava mata sarvam prabhartate, iti matvabha Knowing me to be the source of everything, that everything comes from me. So this is about tattva. Hmm? You take that, understanding the tattva properly about me. Hmm? This positions one to engage in the kind of practice hmm? Buddha-bhava samanvita, raga-bhava samanvita, Shidamar sometimes rendered it. Hmm? The kind of practice that, that um, this is the, what, the first of the Chaturshloki of the Gita, which is about raga-nuga-bhakti. Hmm? So, to enter into raga-bhakti. So, for example, the cornerstone of the tattva for us is what? Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Hmm? So, knowing Krishna to be the source, then then one knows where to repose oneself hmm? and um, one's, one's love, devotion um, and um, exclusively and, and so forth. This is what's going on in Rag Bhakti. So there's some, some knowing that Krishna is the fountainhead. If we don't know, understand that we worship here or there, it doesn't matter so forth. So you won't get Raghavakti like that. So the exclusive Ananya Bhajan of Raghavakti is fueled by this cornerstone of the tattva. Hmm? That acharyas like Jiva Goswami and Krishna Skavikarsh Goswami have labored hard to establish them. Krishna Sandarva is a long treatise just for this purpose, to establish this point. And um, Krishna gives a whole whole chapter in the beginning of his book to that, hmm. establishing that. So, Jiva Goswami calls it the Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, the password for understanding the, for entering into the tattva of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So like I've said, if you, if you want to love um, perfectly, you have to find the perfect object of love who can take the love, hmm. number one. And number two, then you have to give the love without an expectation of return. Hmm. So this is locating the Krishna. This is the one where you can 
Jesus judged Dhamma Prapadyante. Narayan didn't say that. As they surrender to me, I can reciprocate accordingly. And so then the gopis took him up on it. And then, well, he got himself in trouble. But he answered. He tried to satisfy them, I should say, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So it's a beautiful idea. But this is a cornerstone of the tattva, so the implication, really, largely, of that verse of the Gita, then, is understanding the tattva about Krishna is given in, 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 in these verses, the chapter sloki of the Bhagavatam, of the Gita, I should say. That's what the Gita is saying, from our perspective, understanding them and the position of Krishna and so forth. And one is in a position to do the kind of to attain the kind of enter into the kind of bhajan hmm. that um, we find tushanti cha ramanti cha means sambandha rupa um, kama rupa bhakti hmm. the 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 bhav the four bhavs of of Vrindavan dasya sakya vatsali madarina dasya is mixed with sakya Hmm. So, there's some scope for that idea. Uh, another example, Bhaktivedanta Thakur, in his time, he found there were many people chanting. Hmm. You know, in Bengal, there's either the Shaktas or the Bhaktas. Okay, you got followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, followers of Kali. Hmm. And so, you're born in a family of Vaishnavas, then you're a Vaishnava. You follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. People chant, they go to the temple. Hmm. Um, it's just like in this country, you can find uh, Buddhists, right? They're mostly Americans. Hmm. And they've got monasteries and monks, and they've got American people coming to the sessions, hmm? and uh, they tend to be philosophical and psychological and nature of the discourse and so on and so forth. And then you can go, go over to Thailand, and there's you know, millions of Buddhists. Hmm? They're all going off and something to the Buddha, you know. And they're not like sitting down and discussing the Lotus Sutras and trying to, trying to interface Buddhism with materialism and how you know it fits in or doesn't, or and all these heady type of uh, discussions and so forth. Hmm? So, um, so there in Bengal, a lot of people there. Yes, I'm a Vaishnava. What does all that mean? Where, where, and, and I'm a Vaishnava guru because my dad was one. <laughs> Something like that. And we were born in the family that came from Nityananda and Janava. And so this is what we do. We're gurus, and um, and, and so forth. And so we, this is how we um, make a living. And and they, but they don't know much uh, philosophy. They they they're worldly, uh, religious but worldly. Um, and so Bhaktivedanta Thakur, his perception was that that without sambandhagyan, the chanting was not very fruitful. Without the prop, and and look at it practically, and you can see, without the sambandhagyan, let's say about nam tattva, hmm? okay, 
some philosophical underpinning, nam tattva, the truth about nam, nam tattva. Without having that in place, you will practically only do nam aparad. Because you won't know that the chanting the names of Kali and Ganesh, that she was, is, or, or whatever, is not the same as chanting the name of Krishna. You won't know that, so you'll make that offense. Hmm? You won't have that knowledge. So you think, we chant this, they, they chant that, it's good. Hmm? Or um, that the, 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 the Sankirtan yoga is categorically different than other types of yogis. You won't know that. Hmm? You don't have Nam Tattva. Hmm? Um, go on through the list. Because hmm? when you hear the list, you'll think, well, I, you know, I don't think like that, I don't think like that, because you've got someone again. Hmm? You've been converted to bhakti, and the conversion has been based on your hearing someone again. Hmm? So it's a conceptual orientation, theoretically speaking, we're speaking of someone again. Hmm? Uh, and then, so that fosters a certain kind of practice that will cause the again to be realized. Hmm. So it's practical in that sense that without understanding tattva, how will you get bhava? Hmm. You could say theoretically it's possible. It is, but but this is the course taught by the acharyas. Otherwise, why Rupa Goswami? Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami wrote so many books. Hmm? Why oh, they wrote so many books? They just say, chant Hare Krishna. Chant and be happy. I was giving a philosophical discussion, a leading one, at some point. It was complex, and a fellow in the audience, he was some kind of a devotee, he said, he said, like, can I ask a question? So he kind of, kind of like interrupted. I said, yeah, what is the question? He said, whatever happened, like, you know, just chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> like, this was all, like, too much for him. I said, you tell me whatever, what happened to it. Is that what you do? If you, that's all you do, you don't need to sit here. But you don't just do that. Therefore, you need to sit here <laughs> and hear all these things. Hmm? That's practical. Hmm? Once I was, I heard... Uh, Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj give, give a lecture, and he was he was emphasizing this point that um, um, bhakti over gyan, really, and uh, uh, telling how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was told by his guru, "Don't study Vedanta; you're a fool." Hmm? Um, just uh, chant the holy name, something like this. It's there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? Of course, there was no Gaudiya Vedanta at the time. Hmm? So, don't study Vedanta, don't be like Vedanta. But anyway, he was making the point. That, and so, in, in the context of making the point, he's chanting so many slokas from so many places. Hmm? And I'm thinking, the people are thinking, yeah, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but I'm thinking, he sure knows a lot of Vedanta. You know, so, the guy who's selling you, don't study Vedanta, making this point. You know, you have to trace that out. <laughs> so they think, yes, we don't study the book, just chance. <laughs> so, Prabhupada used to pride himself in saying, you know, we have 30 books, 60 books, and 
You know, do you think that after reading these books we just worship a stone? You'd say things like that. This is our conclusion. No. It's not a stone. We have a different idea. Study our books and see. Hmm? So Bhaktivedanta. Bhaktivedanta. Vedanta's like the head and Bhakti's like the heart. We need to harmonize the head and the heart. And you've got intelligence, so this is, the, this is, this is what, what does Krishna say in the Gita about intelligence. Those who study this, this conversation in every way, from every angle, word meanings, is the implication of what he's saying there. They worship me with their intelligence. So shall we use our intelligence for serving Krishna as well? Yes, and this is the way to do that. Hmm? And so, when, therefore, as I said the other night, that Nisht is very much about intelligence being active. Hmm? You have to have to use your intelligence to study the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And so, and if, you're, if your intelligence is very active, obviously that's going to inform you know, your, your mind and your senses. They are, the intelligence is supposed to lead the mind. Hmm? And senses, and that's supposed to be led by the mind and senses, and just be an accomplice to their um, exploitation. Hmm? Humans are supposed to be different than animals, not just be driven by senses. That's the implication that humans are, have intelligence. Well, that means that there's that there's some check there. Hmm? It's not that intelligence is just used to be a big animal. Otherwise, what's the difference? And you just become a more dangerous beast. Hmm? It's meant to to check us, check the mind, check the the senses. It may feel good, but that doesn't mean you should do it, unless it's bhakti <laughs> on a higher stage. It feels good too, but but uh, no uh, intelligence there. It may feel good, but that doesn't mean you should do it necessarily. Hmm? It may feel good now, but what will what will be the result later? So on. So, intelligence is for this. Hmm? If it's for separating us from the animals, then there should be some difference between us and the less complex forms of life. They are just driven by their their their, their sensual demands. Hmm? Therefore, this is a real intelligent person, not just a head full of information and thoughts and so forth. And otherwise, you. Can't control your senses. It's practical. If, if intelligence is supposed to separate us from the animal kingdom, then it should show up like this. Hmm? And so, to use that intelligence then, to spiritualize it, hmm? by worshipping Krishna with your intelligence, then it becomes fortified, and it makes determinations um, and rules over the mind and senses with regard to bhakti, which makes you human plus. It makes you really, truly human, you can say. Because actually human life is not only different from the animal species because it's endowed with intelligence, but more with the capacity to love and to love wisely. Which is to love God. Which is how to be 
What we mean to be fully human it means to fully take advantage of the human opportunity, which enables one to transcend the limits, do all that the human life affords us the opportunity to, and you attain something more that's human-like, Krishna Leela, <laughs> but super, super transcendental. So, yeah, there's a place for learning the tattva, and, and, and it's not easy. There's a lot to learn there, to really imbibe that, live it, you know, to be fluent in Vaishnavism. And the books, the talks, and so forth. That's what it gives you, that's what the, it's giving you the opportunity for. And if you, the intelligence becomes really saturated like this, and it's fortified. Hmm. So, Nityam Bhagavatam Seva, so serving the book Bhagavatam, serving the person Bhagavatam. Hmm. Serving the person Bhagavatam, just focus on that. That'll do the same thing. Hmm. You know, think, Guru Maharaj does like this, Guru Maharaj does like that. <laughs> so, that's your intelligence, something like that. All right, we'll stop there. Sri Sri Gauri Vaishnam Guru Parampara Ki Jai Gaurati Nanda Ki Jai Gaurabhakti Vrinda Ki Jai Gaurabhakti Vrinda Ki Jai